You're listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Welcome to the Deliberative, your weekly podcast all about Exalted. I'm your host, Corey, and joining me today, as always, are Charles. Hey, and Jim. Hey, I mean, how's it going? <laughs> that is my line. <laughs> Ermagerdness. <laughs> oh, just melting down right here at the start. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's going on, guys? Glad to be back. Glad to be back today to talk about some more lunar goodness. Uh, loved the episode last time. Looks like we got a lot of uh, feedback from folks. A lot of good questions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's taken us quite a while to comb through all the various nooks and crannies of the internet where people ask questions, but uh, we're glad to be back talking about that and we're going to get to it in just a moment. But first of all, as you know, we've got to talk about the news. All right. News this week is that. Onyx Path is having a little bit of a Christmas in July sale over on drivethroughrpg.com. And I don't know about you guys, but I bought kind of a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Specifically, I bought 13 new Adversaries of the Righteous and Hunter Devil's Night Parade. Uh, PDF. So I got all the ones that I was missing for the low, low price of something like $18. So I was able to finish out my collection. I now have tons of these things. And, you know, we were talking with James Bell about the uh, the old animal card things with the three-hole punch. I think I'm going to do a similar thing with these and, uh, you know, use a PDF editor to just, like, join all these together into my own digital three-ring binder because uh, it's kind of a mess. I wish they'd give us the cover. You know, like, with with your first purchase of Adversaries of the Righteous and or Hunter Devil's Night Parade, you will get this shiny PDF cover that you can use to stitch all your PDFs <laughs> together so that you have a nice-looking book. That would that would be pretty cool. Hey, if anybody out there, drive through RPG or Onyx Path is listening, that's a really good idea. You should give folks that. Anyway, Once again, I don't uh, think they're going to do that. I don't think so either. Maybe I'll have to make they're, one. They're going to sell... What they're, what they're doing is... They're drawing chumps like you in who are going to, they're going to be able to nickel and dime them. And then you're also going to buy the PDF compendium when it comes out. This is, this is true. This is true. (laughs) No Uh, offense, Onyx Path. (laughs) But I I think that there's like a a really special reward for those of us who bought them all. Like, like maybe like a ribbon or so, or a sticker something <laughs> like a scratch and sniff <laughs> this smells just like a real susurrus <laughs> <laughs> you did not want to smell a what i find hol- it smells bad what i find oh. hilarious <laughs> i find it hilarious that if they weren't releasing them we would be begging them like man i'd give you like five dollars a page if you just yeah. send it just, out as you made just it just trickle something yeah i mean we've already sort of told them you know if they if they release one armor of the immaculate dragon well, that's, per week that's for a totally like different a week. thing man i mean <laughs> <You're> down, <laughs> that, You're down yeah. that. that's yeah. totally different <laughs> yeah uh, and, and, and a super cool artifact subscription service. <laughs> That's actually really not a bad idea. You know, you can have like your spell subscriptions and your artifact subscriptions. Artifact and, yeah, of I the mean, week. 
and then like every every uh other month or something it's like a brand new martial art or something like uh, by the way any of those that go live i'm subscribing for all of them i'll just tell you right now <laughs> charter subscriber right? yeah yeah guys if you, having if known you, Corey, it's true if you can fit all those ideas in between all those four books that you're trying to put together right now that would that would be great yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so did you, did you guys end up picking up anything out there or um not I mean, yet okay i'm still trying to scrounge up money for the uh the two cloth maps through the backer ah. kit yeah right yeah thankfully that's all ready paid for on my side it's just waiting for it to come <laughs> uh every day i check the mailbox and every day i cry one tear i'm collecting them and when I finally get the books in my hand, I'm going to drink that cup of tears. Is that... <laughs> I'm going to drink that cup of tears. <laughs> well, that isn't an episode title. I don't know what it is. Cup of tears. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, what about uh, what about your week in creation this week? I know a lot's been going on. Uh, what have you guys been up to? Okay, well, uh, I'll start, Corey. I, um made a couple of lunar characters last week because you know we got the playtest. i was super pumped awesome. i i briefly introduced one in my weekly game it has completely derailed it <laughs> like <laughs> it it might have been a mistake to put the lunar in there like there wasn't even combat but they are now instead of taking over the town of solstice they have right. been given an ultimatum of abandon within six months or you will be destroyed when we roll through. So Ooh. now they're packing up. They're packing <laughs> up everything and they're leaving. And now I have to figure out, well, crap, what do I do with their mance and all this? Oh, it's no. a mess. It is a mess. <laughs> like, darn you looters. <laughs> yeah, wah, wah. Wow. Well, you know. I uh, I actually started a game this week uh, with my girls, my two oldest girls, which is thirteen and eleven, and I uh, and, and thankfully I actually am recording this, and so <laughs> because it has been hilarious, they are almost insane. I think I, I you know I'm, I'm really discovering that my two oldest girls have a touch of severe mental trauma because <laughs> they, they have absolutely no empathy. I'm trying I'm trying to get them interested in the fact that something's wrong down or upriver or whatever. I'm like, you know, they have this river running by their hut and it's like there's a dead body floating down the river and they're like, ooh, ooh, let's get inside. That's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's so good. They're, they're like, you want to split this cupcake? Yeah, just found a cupcake. Here, come here. Let's eat it in here, away from all these bodies. <laughs> so uh, it's it is absolutely like legitimately hilarious. And uh, so anyhow, I, I I'm keeping this one. It's it's gonna be good. Maybe maybe sometime later we'll be able we'll release some of this stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it's it's hilarious. What about you, Jim? What you been doing? Well, uh, I've been meeting some new people that have been joining up on Deep Wild and they've been oh right yeah. starting some new games and some pretty interesting people they got some pretty cool creative ideas and also yep. we've been doing some uh some testing um on the viability yes. of dragon blood 
And yeah, I will tell you this. This is what I've learned. I, I, I had the benefit of watching a solar fight, your uh, solar killer dragon blood guy that you made. Yeah. And then I got to go second. But if you approach that, and, and you said this, Corey, if you approach that fight, as a mortal, like you know, you take it easy. The dragon blood will kill you, like he will, will kill, kill you, you fast. So, whenever, and this is what I've learned from this 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 testing that we've done so far. If you are in a combat with anything that has the ability to use charms or use essence, you better bring your A game. I mean, you better right. fight. Throttle up, because yeah. if you go in there acting like a mortal, you're gonna you're gonna die like a mortal. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told my girls that a lot during the quick start thing, the tomb of dreams. I was like, look, you can't bring a mortal to a demigod fight. You just can't. Like if you're in this fight, you better be using charms. And they were like so hesitant to, to light up their essence, you know? And I'm like, no, you better do it or you're going to die. Like you can't have a four evasion defense. You've got to have a 10 evasion defense right now or you're dead. Yeah. Okay. This guy's got 28 initiative. He's going to kill you. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. That happened in our tomb of dreams against the, uh, the wolf emanation. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Wow. Is <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's cool. We're having fun with that. We're going to do a lot of different kind of tests there. We've opened up a new section of Deep Wild for uh, testing out our ideas to the death. Corey, I do have so, to say, I, I think it's a little ironic how we, you know, every time I mention a movie, we point, point out the spoiler alert joke. And this whole show we're about to do is is a spoiler alert. <laughs> that should be the title. Should, yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert! Exclamation point. <laughs> oh man, Lunars colon spoiler alert at the gate. Spoiler yeah. alert at the gate. I love it. Oh man. Yeah. And speaking of that, let's dive right in. We promised last week we we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive. We also promised we'd be answering your questions and i think we've come up with a pretty cool way to do all of that but first i need to make a couple of corrections to uh harebrained things that were said last week mostly by me i'm not gonna bring any of these two guys into this particular uh, blame game here but uh I did. I, I distinctly remember saying that deadly beast man transformation shuts down your evocations and that's not true so uh, that was corrected on the forums. But for those of you who listened last week and you heard me say uh, the difference between hybrid body transformation and deadly beast man transformation is that you can use evocations with hybrid body transformation uh, and you can't with deadly beast man. That's not right. What actually happens is when you go into deadly beast man transformation, you're no longer resonant with moon silver. You're not dissonant with it, but you're no longer resonant with it. And you become dissonant with all other magical materials. So it's a change in your resonance dissonance with these various things, which can cut off a lot of your evocations. So, I mean, you do have to be careful. You got to be aware of all that, but if you have moon silver, you're going to be, I think most mostly pretty, pretty good there. Um, in addition, uh, just a clarification to point out is that hybrid body transformation must be active to enter deadly beast man transformation. So that uh, that alternate form that you create, that that hybrid form, 
uh, that the rules for that are that you build it using six merit, six dots of merits, supernatural merits, to create your hybrid form. Once you're in that, that's the hybrid body transformation. Then the deadly beastman transformation adds some more additional stats and that kind of thing to it. Ah. Uh. And you can create additional hybrid body transformations with another charm that allows you to assign those six dots differently. And there's other charms that give you even more dots that you can assign to uh, make your hybrid quite a bit more awesome. But, um, but that has to be active when you go into Deadly Beastman. Because Deadly Beastman is, an, is like a, um, it's an enhancement to the hybrid body transformation. So a little right. clarification there. And then also the other thing is, and I do distinctly remember saying this, I said lunar charms can't be used in animal form unless it says protean. That's not right. All lunar charms can be used in animal form. Are you sure as about long as that? It makes sense. Are you sure? Yeah, about it makes that, sense Corey? for the animal. Are you sure? Yeah. 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 So like a speaking charm can be used in animal form? I did say it has to make sense. Okay. I did say it has to make sense for the animal. <laughs> I, yeah. I just wanted to go ahead so and clarify that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It has to be make sense. It has to make sense. And then what Protean does is it just has an, an enhanced effect when used in animal forms that resonate with that effect. So ah. Uh, a, a charm that does some trampoline type stuff is enhanced with the protean keyword uh, when you're in an animal form that has a trample, right? Like an elephant or something like that, or yetum. So those are the corrections. Just wanted to get those out there. And now what we're going to do is, to, because there's so many questions about, you know, what about this? But here's my area of, you know, here's the thing I want to know about and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, we, we can't by our agreement with, uh, with Onyx path, we can't just, you know, go through and read everything to you or whatever. Uh, but what we can do is, you know, we thought this would be really cool is that we would make up some character archetypes for uh, like three different ones for physical uh, type attributes, three different ones for social and three different ones for mental and kind of talk through some of what's going on there so that you get a better idea for the breadth and depth of the charms, the effects and everything that's that's there. And I, and I think that this is going to answer a lot of the questions that you've had. So why don't we start it off? Jim, you have the physical attributes right you're sort of the full moon of the group right so mississippi moon why don't you keep on shining on us <laughs> yeah Corey. uh uh full moon that's what i've i got to do and when i think of lunars i i think i've mentioned this on the forum i think of these massive hulking beasts like i want to just rip something to shreds with my bare hands when i make a lunar uh, I'm so violent. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you gotta be. You gotta be tough on the edge of creation. Uh, That's true. This is true. So, first of all, what I'm gonna do is kind of just break the tree down a little bit and, and and tell you how the charms are are set up, like how they're categorized. So you have yes. your strength charms, and they're divided among offense, mobility, and feats of strength. Then you have dexterity charms, which are divided offense, defense, mobility, subterfuge, and swarm. Swarm. A lot of people were asking oh, about yeah, that Oh, yeah. We'll get into that. Um, yep. Stamina is divided up in defense, endurance, and berserker. So mm. what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to let you 
uh, I'm going to tell you about my Savage Brawler archetype. So if I was making a Savage okay. Brawler, this is how I would um, how I would build him. But first off, there are 35 strength based offensive charms in the book so far. Mm. So good. So and some of the ones that I would that stand out that I would really want to take, and I'm going to kind of deviate a little bit because I need to talk about what I want to do as far as building a savage brawler. First of all, I would love okay. to pick up the universal charm, the uh, Chimera Soul um, expression, mm-hmm. which allows you to take six dots of mutation and mix that with your spirit animal so that your spirit animal is actually a combination of two animals. Right. So what I would do is take a bull and mix it with a bat so that it's a it's a bull with like big bat wings and you know some uh, <laughs> enhanced senses and stuff like that. And then my next step would be obviously hyper body transformation because that allows you to take six dots from your spirit animal and combine it into your half human half animal form. So right. then there was a following charm after that, which I can't remember right off the top of my head. It allows you to take an additional form using your spirit shape, but you can reallocate the dots. So yeah. in this, what I did, I designed two. One was called fight and one was called flight. So mm. <laughs> in the uh, fight version, I would have um, either wings that are just for show or for glide only depending on right. on what I felt like and then I would have like these really big horns and you know look like a big almost like a minotaur with wings and that would be right. my fight mode and I would also have the enhanced senses of a bat but then in my flight mode of course if you've ever tried to buy wings it costs a ton of dots yeah. it's five dots <laughs> yeah, right. if you yeah. want them to work it costs Jeez. a lot of dots so that would be my flight <laughs> mode which would be smaller horns and full functioning wings so there you go. With that, and what color would you be? Oh, he'd be like a, a grayish red. Like he would. So he'd be, he, he would look like a, he'd be a like the skin of a bat, but it would have a little bit of the uh, fur of a of a bull, or not so not a, fur. He'd be a red bull. Yeah, he'd be a red bull. <laughs> <laughs> Gives you wings, and you gave him wings, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is it. This is the moment that we went too far. Yeah, I think we so. can look back. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to the Savage Brawler here. I would. Here's an interesting charm that probably wouldn't go on my guy, but some brawlers may want this. Towering Beast form allows you to change into a legendary size animal, but it's got a pretty high yes. cost. Yeah. Yeah, I think we determined that you could eat a lot of cakes. <laughs> oh, I were, remember reading if that. You were legendary <laughs> size. <laughs> you could eat all the cakes. Oh man, literally all of them. Um, and then there is another charm called Mountainous Spirit Expression that will grant your current shape the legendary size merit. Instead of that is the coolest. Instead of changing into a different form, <gasps> yeah. But Wait, so you could be coolest. like a grasshopper now, now, that turns into legendary. Let size. me finish. If you hold yes. on, hold on, guys, before you <laughs> get busted. Uh, if your oh okay, <laughs> if your current form is tiny or minuscule, size merit. 
then the effects are suppressed. So you would probably get normal size. Okay. You'd be like uh, a halfling that got giant casted on him and he just becomes a human. But could you be (laughs) a legendary sized miniature giant space hamster? (gasps) In your game, you can. Ooh, and I are ready for battle. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then there's also the undaunted. I I figured I'd mention this, but you're not going to see this at character creation. This is an essence for charm, but it's the Mm -hmm. undaunted behemoth avatar, which allows you to, to do the towering beast form. But you don't have the per turn per turn moat cost that comes along that's with towering huge. beast form. So what you pay the upfront cost, and that's but it. Then you don't yeah. have to. Yeah. Holy crap, dude! And of course, by the time you're at SS4, you've got a lot more moats to work with anyway. So oh, yeah. yeah, that just goes free, and yeah, that's sweet. And finally, definitely, if you're making a savage brawler, you were going to want to have deadly beastman transformation. Which adds strength dice on all withering damage rolls, feats of strength, and movement actions, and gains strength uh, to your added to your natural soak. Just like more meat. Oh, there's just more meat because of all the muscle. Oh yeah. yeah. So you're essentially like doubling your strength fruit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hey, that's only if you go legendary size. But there. Oh, sorry. Right. There is one downsize. You will suffer a negative one defense penalty that cannot be negated by any means but you know what that makes sense if i had a soak a natural soak of like four or five and then i got to add my strength of five on top of that yeah that is a beast a deadly beast yeah yeah (laughs) those are rookie numbers you need to pump those up man <laughs> well, instead yeah, of in the shallow. I do have three of these, but instead of going through all three of mine, why don't we break it up a little bit and let's uh, go to mm, ch- yes, let's let Charles talk about the changing moon. Okay, yeah, so I did the changing moon, which is the uh, social uh, social attributes of appearance, charisma, and manipulation, and. There, once again, each one is broken down into three, like, subcategories. Um, For appearance, it's influence, subterfuge, and warfare. Charisma is influence, warfare, and territory. And manipulation Mm. is influence, guile, and subterfuge. So, I I had three archetypes. The leader, the con man, and the performer. So, I'm going to go over the leader first. Um, The appearance tree... I feel plays very heavily into being a leader, probably Ooh. even more so than charisma. Oh, um, really? Ju- well, just on my couple of read throughs, I feel like every time I read the appearance charms, I'm like, dang, this just makes you so able to affect how people view you. But aren't right? most of them so, for, for like instilling fear and stuff? So, well, you're jumping ahead of me. Thank you. Um, oh, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> no. My bad. <laughs> well, okay. So, the appearance tree has more than 25 influence charms. I just stopped counting at 25. Uh, and okay. most of them involve either perfect control of your body language or mm-hmm. instilling yeah. ties either of uh, some level of attraction or fear into others. So... If you are um, playing into the appearance ability, uh, attribute at all, you're going to be spending a lot of time building um, 
or rather instilling intimacies in characters, either making them fear you or making them want to be with you, uh, right. which which I think is pretty cool. Um, you can there's even a charm I kid you not it's so cool where you can use your arresting beauty to stop an ambush at the last second yeah that is awesome yeah (laughs) and at the highest levels of the appearance charms you can create a full-blown panic in a town or city so it kind of starts off with uh like affecting individuals but then it very rapidly escalates to controlling large groups of people right and at times ignoring all penalties for trying to affect more than one person yeah which is super awesome um the warfare tree is also super cool in appearance a lot of the charms do things kind of the basic stuff like doubling nines or Re- letting you re-roll ones and so forth yeah the dice tricks yeah and then if we switch over to some of the charisma charms um there are some which force route checks at the outset of a battle um Ooh. you can yeah it's super cool it's just like Ugh! and the battle group's like deuces and they just leave <laughs> you know they hop in their uber and they go back to town right. um you can deny your enemies the ability to use intimacies to resist being threatened. Ooh, so, that's yeah, those play really well with those appearance charms earlier. Right. Um, so a lot of these... It, it doesn't even seem like some of these charms would work really well on the battlefield, but without just reading off tons of individual charms... These things make Lunars truly terrifying to face on the battlefield because they are going to make it harder to keep your troops around. They're going Mm -hmm. to make it hard for you to pull off successful ambushes. They're going to potentially just blow up your battle group before you can even give an order. Right. I mean, that's scary. That's really scary. Um, Yeah, so in the end, playing a leader role basically just means messing with others intimacies uh which i think is probably one of the coolest things about this third edition of exalted and that concept is very deeply supported by just a myriad of charms to suit almost any social situation you would find yourself in that is sweet hey charles i wanted to mention something you mentioned the warfare tree with the double nines and the reroll ones Mm-hmm. When I just want to tell everybody, when you see those charms, those are game-breaking charms. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> I mean, because, like, you roll ten dice, and then you roll, like, four, you know, like, four ones, and then you get to re-roll them again. That's like a do-over. Yeah. Or if you get a nine, yeah, and you automatically count it as a double success, that's, you know, you just doubled your chances of getting double successes out of the dice. Yeah, I remember somebody somebody on the boards uh, on the Onyx Path official forums. I want to say it's Dr. Love Monkey because he just he does such amazing breakdowns of things, but somebody uh went through the solar craft tree which is often maligned, although I love it after making a crafting character. I just I I love it, but um but somebody went through there just showing like how many ridiculous numbers of successes you can start 
piling up on these big crafting uh, projects just by having some of these things like to the point where you're getting like thousands of successes. I mean, just an insane number of things can happen when you start applying all these various dice tricks and things like that. Uh, it is, I, I get it. Like, Oh, you're just adding a bunch of dice tricks. Or yeah. Except it really does have a very profound effect. And when you're doing some of these like really big things, like things dealing with mass warfare, things dealing with crafting, things dealing with sorceress workings, and you have the ability to just turn rolls of dice into massive numbers of successes. You're just guaranteeing that you get to pull off what you want to pull off. That's what right. it comes down to. I'm sorry. I know I interrupted you, but it's just, uh, some yeah. of that stuff is just so yeah, gnarly. It is. It's very good. And, and I would definitely say, you know, before you listen to anybody saying like, hey, I don't like that very much or whatever, go give it a try yourself and uh, take the time to really plumb the depths of some of those you know quote unquote bloated charm trees and learn how many awesome things there are for you to it do it plays there, a so. little differently than it reads i've found oh yeah 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 and a lot of some things, things you think a are like totally awesome when you play test them you're like oh that doesn't really work the way i thought it did so yeah, yeah kind of like you, a, you gotta uh, test it kind of like a dragon blood uh one-shotting a nightcast solar <laughs> with an elemental bolt attack from join battle like the very first move one shot i i think he probably so, learned a lesson on that gross one. he learned a big lesson on that. we all learned I a lesson we all learned that. a lesson yeah <laughs> spoiler like alert scene. he didn't because he instantly died <laughs> he didn't live long enough like well, ooh, maybe next time i face one i should be more careful to be fair he didn't die he was just at minus four wound penalty from the first hit but still it was uh it was ugly way to undermine so, the uh, drama of the moment but yeah i know i know i'm sorry okay <laughs> well let me hit one of mine let me do one of mine because i had the mental uh the mental attributes the no moon i'm the no moon of the group which actually is my favorite lunar uh cast by the way but um First of all, let me just talk about the trees, the different mental attribute trees, because I think these are very exciting. Uh, in intelligence, we've got knowledge, as you'd expect, mysticism, crafting, warfare, and sorcery. Now, that's exciting right there. Perception, you've got what you'd expect. Senses, scrutiny, and mysticism. And then in wits, we've got resolve, of course. Animal kin, we talked about a little bit last week. That is one of the coolest parts of this thing. Oh, yeah. Navigation, cash, or I'm sorry, cachet for those who say it like that. <laughs> I've said cash my entire life. Uh, but anyway, that that is a very cool. It's so, and then, weird and then, to say cachet. No, no, no. Like oh. the, <laughs> the cash charms are like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, cash, cash and territory both are just some really neat areas that... You know, once I saw, once I, I started looking into it and, and looking at some of the charms, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense for a lunar to have these kinds of things. But it's that's really not what I expected. Like, it makes sense, and they're the some of the coolest stuff in the book. But like, I wasn't really anticipating no. lunars getting <laughs> stuff in these areas. You know, like creating these various territories and whatnot that have effects on the oh, people who yeah. live there and being able to create these like you know storage places and what i mean like it, it's it's very cool it's very cool there is a lot like we said before a lot of depth 
to this charm set big time. You can you can go in so many different ways. This is one of the reasons why we're doing this whole like archetype thing just to show how um, how you can yeah do those territory so, charms are pretty awesome like you like the the lunar you made in second edition like he had his own spider children well with yeah. like territory charms you could uh, have like an area of protection <laughs> that you like oversee yeah. that they live in or something that'd be really cool yeah i i i cannot wait to make like to sit down with the final book of this and everything you know and like oh, yeah. make actual lunars for a game, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in like cloud nine, man. My first archetype I want to talk about is a crafter archetype, and I know this is something that a lot of people on the boards were asking about. So I wanted to bring a little clarity to some of this and uh, hopefully get people pumped. If you want to have a lunar crafter, uh, let me just let you know there are 21 lunar craft charms. Wow. <laughs> that's a lot of crafting that's a lot of crafting so uh 21 lunar craft charms and they, they do some really cool stuff for your character like uh there there are there are charms that allow you to grant to gain uh crafting experience for treating injuries and illnesses uh for navigate yeah for na for just for navigating through the forest or navigating across a sea uh -oh. uh, using a device like a boat or a tool or something that you have made it will allow you to gain crafting xp for doing those kinds of things or even if you introduce or challenge a fact using some sort of device that you created Right, like, well, my weather tell you know my my weather instrument that that can detect the weather says that no, a storm is not coming or whatever. Boom, you earn crafting XP for doing that. <laughs> I I just think that all of that stuff is very very awesome. So all and again, all of it relates to things that you've made using crafting discipline. And a lot of the charms I think feel similar to things in the solar charm set. You know, you have your dice tricks and you have your this thing gains you extra crafting XP kind of a thing. You got a lot of those in there, but there are some obvious lunar differences to all of these things. So like you can gain crafting XP from drinking the heart's blood of a crafter, for instance. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. So you, so you kill a dude, you kill like a blacksmith, you drink his heart's blood, and then you gain some of his knowledge, uh, which just makes sense. Like I said, it's lunar flavored. Everything is lunar flavored in here, as it should be. It's not just like a copy of the it's my solar charm favorite set. ice cream. Sacrilicious. <laughs> it's sacrilicious. Uh, you can use the the uh, the carcass of an animal that you've hunted in your craft in order to get free excellencies like a free full excellency or whatever so like let's say you were building a headdress kind of a helm like artifact and you want to use the uh you know this skull of this dangerous animal that you hunted down in a sacred hunt or whatever well that like gives you bonuses i mean just stuff like that so it, it all makes sense like because a, a lunar crafter won't be making like roman arms and armor they're going to be making like you know this fur and bone hide uh, armor. you know kind of bedecked things yeah stuff that looks wild barbaric and, uh like it's yeah barbaric and and all the crafting charms just like they flow right through those themes just beautifully right uh there's even a charm that lets you uh implant mutations 
into something that you wear, that you've crafted, that you wear, like, let's say, that uh, helmet that I spoke of before. So you can implant mutations into it so that when you put that item on, those ma- those mutations can be manifest by the wearer by, par- by paying a point of willpower. So anyone, so like anyone can wear this. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. yeah. Anybody can wear it. Yeah. You can create these like items. You put them on or the, the other person puts it on, spends a point of willpower and their body actually mutates. So imagine like strapping on bracers and the person just like, shrink, like these claws come out. Right. And their hide thickens oh, and stuff like that. That's cool. I mean, how awesome is that? So crafter lunar crafting I think is a super viable option in this edition. I think it's very, very exciting. And I think that, uh, that astute players are going to be able to use their creativity to do some really awesome stuff with crafting in this edition. Now back to you, Jim, for some more full moon goodness, back to some full moon goodness. All right. My next archetype is the, these are, this is one of my classics that I usually go to, the nimble ranger archetype, like the stealthy oh, yeah. kind of, um, you know, archer or a stabby, stabby guy, that, that kind of guy. <laughs> um, typically, right. typically my solars are n- nimble rangers, but I've been trying, I've yes, been trying so. to break that mold a little bit ever since you started pointing <laughs> stuff like that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so there are currently... 24 offensive and 12 defensive dexterity charms. That's a lot. So you already got 35 offensive strength charms. Now you got another 24 offensive dexterity based charms. So right. Lunars are doing some damage. We got a we got a uh, charm that allows you at the start of a round to add the higher of your decks or your wits to initiative to determine when you act that round. And if she if oh. the lunar attacks an enemy who hasn't acted yet, she converts one dice on the attack roll to an automatic non-charm success, which that is big cuz uh, hmm. you're limited on the charm dice that you can right, use in certain situations, so that that's a big one. And just to be yeah. able to add your decks or your raw decks or wits right to your initiative then there's another charm that after you successfully defend an attack, you respond with a decisive counterattack and you may reflexively ready any weapon to attack with. So basically mm. you 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 parry an incoming attack and you can immediately launch a decisive attack. And Right. Maybe the, that's pretty typical stuff. Yeah, so that's really cool. Then you got another charm, which is a stealth-based charm, which uh, you get to reroll ones on stealth rolls. And this is the we talk about protean a little bit. This is one of those cool little protean features. If you're in animal form and using this charm, you ro- you reroll twos as well. So uh-huh. that is cool. And I think we talked about some of the uh, archery charms last week. Oh but yeah, there are a lot of really good things that in that part of the tree too for your nimble oh, ranger. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to trying to pick out some things that maybe we didn't mention last week, but I think right. I think we hit a, a pretty good range of defense or dexterity based stuff last week. Charles, what's the next changing moon that you have? All right, the next one I have is the con man. Uh-huh. Um, so 
a lot of the charms that I felt would apply to the archetype of playing a con man uh, really play up the shape-shifting nature of Lunars. Um, but not... Not as much as like, oh, I turn from a dude into a werewolf or like a tall, monstrous murder machine or anything like that. So much as like, you know, kind of passing as other people or making yourself basically not actually invisible, but just the faceless man where no one really notices you. And they're like, oh, that guy was there. I didn't even see that guy kind of deal. There, There are charms that let you take on different shapes as well as ones that let you you know, do something like change your scent. So you can smell like the person that you're impersonating, which would only further uh, enhance that disguise. It also means, if you're playing the con man, it means hiding your intimacies as well as giving yourself a new identity. So I know one of the one of the capstone charms that was in the playtest document basically said something to the effect of like, you give yourself a new identity, but you forget your old one. Like, it's so complete oh, wow. that your new identity is your actual identity. Right. There's some. There's a solar charm that does something like that, too, where you can kind of, like, uh, you, you, you can sort of, like, pinch off a part of yourself and store it in, like, a little pocket in your psyche and, and keep all your intimacies in there and then, like, create kind of a new thing, so... Yeah, that's really so cool. So do you I mean it makes sense for lunars. Do you um disconnect yourselves from uh, yourself from some of your intimacies that you might hold to? Yeah, so basically oh, what cool. you do is you kind of have like a second character sheet's worth of intimacies and you right. switch over to those and your other ones are locked out from you. Right. Like oh, you don't even know that you have those old ones. Just to mention that Charles, this is something I've noticed they're going to have to come up with a new character sheet design for Lunars because oh, there yeah. are so Big many time. different transformations, forms, and animals you got to keep up with. I need like a 30-page right. character sheet, yeah. maybe 15. Another aspect I think that's really cool is, is that there are several charms which make others perceive you in a certain way. So, like, you know, depending on what situation you're in or how you're you know wanting to take advantage of someone you could make yourself seem vulnerable like you are you know prey or you can make yourself seem like you are the predator so this kind of harkens back to the feel of the appearance charms where it's all about you your outward appearance is under your complete and utter control at all times so so it's it's like who are you really I feel it's kind of one of the themes of playing a lunar, at least just from reading through some of these charms. Um, I bet you could lose yourself easily in a situation like that. I think in second edition that happened with Silver Python. Like, no one knows whether she's a he or he's a she. Like, she's changed form so many times. And, you know, there's a surprising amount of charms that involve forgery. Uh, but yeah. like across all mediums so I remember there's one that you forge of course flawlessly <laughs> uh, someone's <laughs> right. writing but what you can do is you can bake and instill roll into what you have written so when right. someone reads that message 
they are subjected to an instill role. So you could basically write a little missive and have a messenger carried into town. And when the, you know, town mayor reads it and it says you have four hours to surrender or you'll all die. Like he might be subjected to being overcome with terror from that, uh, that instill role, which is so cool. Oh, that's so cool. It is cool. But I mean, solars and dragon bloods do have the same thing though. Just, I mean, FYI. Yeah, I guess I guess this just stuck out to me more because of how in your face intimacies are in the lunar book. Uh, or at yeah. least th- at least through the charms that I tended to focus on. It was like, whoa, there is a lot of stuff that just it I mean it just said the word intimacy more. Well, you also. did take the social right. charm trees. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, but I've read through the social charms in the core rulebook. Yeah, rule but book, that's all you read this time. And it didn't come across quite this way for me. Yeah. Not, not no, like I, this I get is. That. Yeah. Um, but so not only, you know, I said across, forgery across all mediums, so you can also mimic voices. And this really plays into the, um, you know, if you sound like the mayor and you smell like you're wearing the mayor's cologne that he's the only one in town that can afford like it's all about creating this completely fake person that no one can see through which right. is super and I've, cool i've always been intrigued by those kinds of effects like in every role-playing game i remember like being taken aback like ghost sound is a level zero spell in like pathfinder and D. it's like but it's so versatile. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you're, you're creeping through this dungeon and up ahead there's some goblins and you just like throw this ghost sound that's like, you know. Wait, so let me get this straight. You click a button and the rod doesn't move. <laughs> yeah i mean i just i don't know there, there's so many like little things like that, that i think are overlooked by people you know they're like well i get an infinite number of level zero spells a day and i just have this stupid thing that lets me you know make weird sounds appear out of nowhere it's like that's huge man well why yeah, isn't everybody people, using this so people... is detect magic which is yeah you have to have yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, I don't want to get, talk about Pathfinder too much, but just right. you know, to it, to illustrate how powerful these kind of things can be, I um I was running this evil adventure path, and the first adventure was the villains were handed some items that they could use to break out of their cell. They killed some guards and had some rude weapons, and then it was written that they were supposed to fight through this giant, basically like Alcatraz and then escape. Right. They talked their way out of 90% of that adventure. Wow. And they just, they did it so convincingly. I couldn't not allow them to do that. Right. And (laughs) I think that the problem is, uh, potentially a lot of people come from games like that into exalted and those kind right. of little things like man just changing the way you smell that doesn't sound like a big deal right but it could be <laughs> yeah and people are just you know like oh well you can't use your smell to get around 40 percent of the encounters that i have planned out for you well sure you can and yeah. uh so <laughs> worst case scenario playing the con man yeah sorry <laughs> is a uh, real smooth transition there is um there was one of the capstone charms was 
when you commit a crime, you can plant false evidence at the scene of the crime. But it's not, it's not so much like, oh, no, that guy did it. It was that even on a successful, or rather on a failed investigation role, they still find evidence but it's like, oh, this person is like gone to ground or something like that. And right. like the investigation just dies right there. It cannot go further. Wow. Um, yeah. So even if you have to like get out of Dodge, you can just like and drop yeah. this charm and they're not going to find you. That's because you could cool. be one of a billion people right. and you can smell like all of them. <laughs> Maybe not all at once, but <laughs> oh man! So that's uh, it for the con man. That's pretty awesome. Well, I have been very excited about my next archetype, the sorcerer archetype. A lot of people asking about the various sorcerer things. Get this: the number of sorcery charms in this playtest document is incredible. There are almost twice as many as there are in the core book for Solars. There are four sorcery charms. In this now, now that's that's not that's not making fun. No, it sounds like it, but it's not because in the Solar book there are three sorcery charms. There's terrestrial circle sorcery, celestial circle sorcery, and solar circle sorcery. Right. Because sorcery is its own, it's like, it's its own completely separate system from charms. It is not the same thing. And so you just have charms to access it. And then the whole sorcerer's working spells and all that stuff take off on their own. So lunars are not able to access one of those circles of sorcery. As we all know, they don't have the power of sorcery that solars do. So they are not able to get into the solar circle. So two of their four charms are terrestrial circle sorcery and, and celestial circle sorcery as you would expect but then they actually get two additional charms that interact with how sorcery is done and I think that this is a very cool stuff like one of them allows you to trap sorceress motes in your anima storing them while you do other things like they don't dissipate so if you started gathering sorceress motes for a spell you can kind of trap them in your anima while you have to fend off an attack and do something else jump to the top of a building whatever you've got to do and then pick up where you left off i think that is really really cool and here's the other one of the four it allows your shadow this is just so cool it allows your shadow to cast the spell while you're doing other things which and, and in game terms that <clears throat> that lets you create a flurry with other like non-attack actions, right? So you can't you can't be attacking with your normal form while your shadow casts a spell, but you can be doing pretty much anything else. And then your shadow is like there on the ground, like you know, finishing gathering the motes and casting the spell and whatnot. That to me, that's sick. I just think that that is so cool. Of course, it conjures up like you know Peter Pan, uh, you know, with his shadow that he's trying to and. There's a couple of things that deal with the lunar shadow throughout the charm set, but I just thought that one, that one was just so cool, so sorcerous, and uh, made me made me really happy. My lunar character that I created for our Dominion game on DeepWild.com was a sorcerer, a lunar sorcerer, and I just remember, you know, the the joy of of picking some of those spells and and uh, thinking of him in that way. And now in third edition, if I were to make him. Uh, he would he would have a lot more cool tools at his disposal. 
So I, I'm just, I can't wait to play a sorcerer. Uh, also, aside from the, the amazing four charms, uh, there are also all kinds of charms for sensing and interacting with spirits and undead, uh, as you would expect, just like with the solars and the, dra- the dragon bloods and whatnot, as well as charms that force the spirit world to respect you. I thought this was really cool. Just like the eclipse anima power that lets, you know, if you're just there on business or whatever, the spirits have to kind of, you know, pay attention. You're like an ambassador. You've got diplomatic community and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. They can't even so, attack you while you're right. While you're, I mean, they, yeah, as long as you're discussing business. Right. And, and, and there can, but with both solars and lunars, there are ways that they can, but they don't. Right. I mean, they just, they normally don't. Um, but so it's very cool. There's a charm then that lets you do that. Uh, there's exorcism charms in there. And one of the coolest ones is it lets you send spirits out of somebody into the bodies of animals. Oh, which that's cool. Very, very biblical, right? I mean, like, you know, spirits come out of that man and go into those pigs over there, right? I mean, like, it's, it's a very, like, kind of biblical imagery there, uh, which I think is, I just, I thought that was just so cool, you know? How do you make animals and and occult charms or whatever let's have an exorcism charm that casts spirits into animals Uh, that was to me that was just so super cool they also have charms that disenchant magic that nullify prophecy all kinds of really cool stuff like that so if you want to be a sorceress lunar in third edition you have got a massive tackle box full of amazing things back to you jim uh the last one that i designed um it's kind of like a benevolent defensive tank archetype, like the guy that wants to protect his friends, like the big, um, the big burly, um, gentle giant or whatever. Um, yeah. So I focused a little bit on some de- uh, dexterity and stamina kind of stuff for this guy, but there are currently 16 defensive stamina charms. There's one dexterity charm that allows you to defend others reflexively which is pretty cool and there Mm -hmm. is another charm in the stamina tree that allows you to gain essence or three whichever is higher against a withering attack or gain hardness stamina against a decisive attack so that's pretty pretty big right the first one I guess was soak right yeah yeah a withering attack yeah Three soak. Oh, okay. Um, or essence, whichever. Yeah, whichever's higher to uh, against a withering attack to your soak, and then against a decisive attack, you can add your stamina, or your stamina is what your hardness rating is, your natural hardness rating. Oh, nice. All right, there's a charm that allows you to use your stamina excellency to raise your soak against a withering attack, but this is the really cool part. You can use this after you've been hit, but before the damage is rolled. So you oh, can, that is sick. So if you know they got through your defenses, you could say, okay, I'm going to bump my soak up. Uh, right. And then there's uh, another charm, Steel Paul style, which allows you to substitute your stamina in the place of dexterity to calculate parry when you're using melee, um, excuse me, medium, heavy, unarmed or natural weapons which that's pretty cool yeah i think we mentioned that one we mentioned that one last week too i think yeah but you didn't say the name of it back then yeah and the 
Now, this is what I like as far as a benevolent uh, protector is the Den Warden method allows a Lunar to use her soak and her hardness rating against attackers that overcome her parry while defending others. So basically, you can step in the way and take the shot. Yeah, that's cool. And um, this was worth mentioning because I thought it was just such a cool charm. It's an Essence 2 charm. And basically, it allows you to create a shell of moon silver armor onto your onto yourself, which has the stats of eleven soak, ten hardness, and it gives oh my gosh oh yeah, and it gives you a it also gives you a, a minor minus two mobility, but your soak yeah. the soak on this thing can't be reduced below your stamina. By any effects that ignore armor, armor soak, like piercing attacks or something like that, or certain charms. That is that that's is awesome. the one I gave to my uh, that lunar that I confronted my group with. He did, he wasn't wearing it, but he has when he activates it, he has twenty soak. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Now, um, here's you're just never withering that guy ever. Here's no. another cool effect of this is you can fuse it with artifact armor. Like if you have a, a normal moon silver artifact armor, you can fuse this with it, and you get to take the best stats of either armor. Like they don't combine, but you get to take oh, the cool. best of each. Yeah, and it it removes the attunement cost for the armor, so it frees up those moats. While this is oh, active, that's nice. Yeah. So, Charles, uh, your last changing moon? Yes, the last changing moon is the performer. Mm. Now, what I noticed when going through and looking for charms for this one, it felt like a lot of the charms that I felt applied to the leader archetype are going to be pulling double duty in the performer one. Um, yeah just by by the nature of how a lot of these social ones work where it's all about um you know just instilling ties that uh can't be resisted or instilling ties in large groups of people now that's not to say that there aren't ones that go off performance there are some which allow you to create um well there's one charm called creation spanning passion and it creates a tie so deep that if you, the lunar, and the person that has this tie with you have it at the major or defining intimacy, then every night when you sleep, you dream of each other, and each character cool. can ask the storyteller for, like, you know, a general location, a condition, like, oh, is he hurt? I mean, you are creating a bond that knows wow. no distance. Dang. So, like, you could see them even if they were in pain in Cloud City. <gasps> I do believe we've just discovered that Luke Skywalker is a lunar. Yo, man. Lunars are Jedis confirmed here. You heard it here first. <laughs> and spoiler alert, he just turned into a grasshopper in that robe. <laughs> <laughs> Yoda didn't disappear. He's just a little bitty like cricket down inside those robes. 
<laughs> he shapeshifted. <laughs> you just thought he disappeared and became a, a force ghost. Well, so um, another charm that I found that does involve performance. See, none of the when I initially started trying to pick charms for performer, I thought you know maybe this person is like an orator or a poet or a musician. Right. There really aren't a whole lot of charms I feel that fit that like mm. very clearly. Um, right. <clears throat> But another one I found that can use performance is a charm called Lion's Roar Rebuke. And uh, it is a decisive attack charm that uses either your charisma strength and then athletics, performance, or presence against enemies or an enemy uh, out multiple range bands. And it can only be blocked by magic. So basically you scream at someone and it can kill them. Wow. I think somebody asked about that on uh, the Onyx Path forum. They asked if there was something like that where you could attack people with your voice. And uh, I well, guess there is. you can, and it will blast them backwards. You could potentially smash them through maybe, um, oh, I don't know, a barn? Hmm? <laughs> 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 An artifact barn, as uh, Tyler said. <laughs> yeah. It's it's bananas, and it's also totemic. So if your spirit shape has a threaten or intimidate dice pool, you can learn that as a strength charm instead of a charisma charm. So wow. there there aren't a lot I don't feel that come across as like oh this is a charm for a bard character. No, it's more like no. I, you know what I think is I think that it really fits the just again just like with the craft, just like with the. You know, so much of the other stuff we've been talking about, it fits that lunar feel, right? Yeah. I mean, it would be a little weird to have, you know, some of these things uh, be like they are in the solar stuff where, you know, these people are like members of society, uh, you know, very respectable people, uh, like Roman, you know, type whatever. And then, you know, the lunars are, are very much on the fringe of creation and they're animalistic. And so their charms need to sort of feel like that. Right. So this roar thing is pretty dang awesome. So, yeah, very cool. Well, the last one that I had for mental is uh, one that clearly I am very excited about. Talked about a little bit last week. And that is the Beastmaster archetype. And this plays heavily on the whole Animal Kin thing within the Wits charm set. And there are 18 charms in the Animal Kin section that cover everything from being loved and almost worshipped by animals at Essence 1. Uh, there are charms to benefit your mount or those who mount you. Uh, and I actually, I like the fact that it's a single charm that can be used either way. It has like a uh, sort of like a sidebar area that says, okay, if you're the one that is being ridden by a, by a mounted character, then this is the way these benefits you know play out. So, uh, you know, one charm does double duty whether you're riding a, a mount or whether you are the mount. So that's very cool. You can turn your familiar into an essence fountain like you're used to doing if you're heavy in the survival tree. In uh, as a solar, you know, you can kind of store a bunch of motes in your animal companion, your 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 familiar, and then draw those out when you need them. Uh, there's even charms to hybridize your familiar, which I talked about a little bit last week, and even one to share your moon silver tattoos with your familiar. How cool oh, is that? that? Is cool. 
Yeah, so that he gets all the benefits of the moon silver tattoos like you do. So, you know, you have your little, your mount or your, you know, your panther that walks by your side like Dritzdurd and, and uh, Guinevar. You know, like you, you can share those tattoos with that creature so that they, they can go into like the, the wild with you and be protected from that wild energy and whatnot. Uh, there are lots of boosts to the familiar, of course, like you would expect uh, from unlocking latent abilities. There's counterattack charms that use your familiar extra health for your like a like an ox body meditation kind of a thing for the familiar to give them more health boxes, combo attacks between the two of you and even the ability to use all of the familiar's senses for yourself, like an indefinite kind of charm that like you can just. Look, you know, see through their eyes, hear through their ears, feel through their paws, smell through their snouts, etc. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which I think is just super cool. I mean, again, this is the versatility stuff, right? This is the stuff you don't roll join battle for, but you can like send your, you send your, yeah, and you know, we already talked about the fact that there's some charms that shrink them and grow them, right? So you've got a Black Panther familiar that's sharing your moving silver tattoos or whatever why don't you shrink that thing down to like fly sized and have it walk into the place that you're scouting out and then see through its eyes and hear through its ears and just like completely spy on everybody inside and then uh then change it into a gigantic you know t-rex size uh uh panther and have it just wreck the place while you come in do all your combo attacks together i mean just so many amazing things you can do. There's even the ability through a charm to uplift the animal with intelligence, right? Oh. Kind of going all pugmire with it, right? Uh, and of course, shrinking, growing, all that kind of stuff. So, so many different things to do with your animal companions. Uh, it's again, this this is one of those character concepts that I very, very much want to dig into and just make somebody who is just like that's their thing you know they're snow white you know singing the song and all the birds come and land on the shoulders and i mean just just i mean i don't want to make snow white but uh, <laughs> but i want to make somebody that is just a totally bad mamma jamma that has just a really awesome animal companion you know maybe do some of this uh do some of this mutating and whatnot and just go nuts i, I think it'd be so cool so there we go nine archetypes for you three from each of the different uh, attribute sets, physical, social, and mental. I hope that's been helpful. I hope we've been able to give a pretty good idea of what you're going to see here. You know, uh, letting you letting you kind of know how much the, the developers have have done, the kind of work they've done in order to really flesh the Lunars out in this edition to a degree that they never have been before. So much characterization, so much awesomeness crammed into this particular exalt type that I honestly think it sets a bar that is going to be hard to top by what comes after it. I, agree. I already I already said that the Dragon Blooded book was the single coolest role-playing game material that I had ever I had ever looked at. But this I mean, even just just the charms in the playtest, I am already super like so super excited about this. But we do have some questions from around the web that we want to talk about. We've gathered these from the Onyx Path official forums, from Reddit, from Deep Wild, from Discord, all kinds of different places we've tried to gather these things. 
and we just want to kind of hit them uh, rapid fire. So let's just go. I'll, uh, I'll start off. Do excellencies work like they do in the antagonist chapter? Yes, they do. Exactly the same. Next question. Um, can you move quickly in short bursts without investing heavily in dexterity? They do have some strength-based movement charms that allow for quick movements uh, where you can substitute strength instead of dexterity on your rush and oppose uh, someone disengaging you. And there are some pretty cool charms, strength charms, where you can leap up to like two range bands away. All right. Can you enhance defend other actions without significant dexterity investment? Yes, there's one under stamina, one under wits, and one which only requires a three in dexterity. So that's uh, given how many attribute points you get uh, during character generation. That is not considered a heavy investment. Uh, right. However, most of them are in the dexterity tree. Uh, what sorts of lunar charms interface with other characters riding them? Uh, so there's one in particular that allows you to defend other or use a distract gambit, among other things, uh, that benefit the rider. And that's the one that I mentioned earlier that uh, it, it either has an effect whether you're you're riding a mount or whether you are the mount. So you can do you can do those things, do this uh, defend other and distract gambits and that kind of thing. Did they bring back halt the scarlet flow or bruised relief method? Yes to Scarlet Flow. I did not see Bruise Relief Method. Does the legendary size charm get cheaper at higher essence? We covered this earlier. Yes, the round around cost is negated. Can Lunars still turn into a swarm? And can it be a swarm of jaguars? <laughs> I like the way that person thinks. Oh, man. Uh, so yes, good. there are three charms in the swarm tree under dexterity, which honestly, I expected there to be a few more. You know, we had this, sec it's a section, a whole section of the dexterity tree called swarm. And I was like, oh, baby. <laughs> Turns out there's only three charms in that section. Uh, I don't know if they're going to add more or whatnot, but uh, currently they seem to work to me. Uh, as a you know D and D longtime D and D player, they work a lot like mirror image, so uh, you can create a certain number of duplicates and whatnot. Uh, jaguars do look possible, so there you go. Yes, yes. Jaguar confirmed. Jaguars confirmed. Woo! First one. Heard it here first. <laughs> but you're only jaguars talking about won. you're only talking about like essence plus five duplicates. So at character creation, you can create like six duplicates of yourself. And then there's other charms that uh, allow you to in the swarm tree that. Uh, can make it where you can create a duplicate that's in a different form than the one you're currently wearing, but one that you know, right? So if you have like a mouse form, you can just create this duplicate that was a mouse, right? So pretty neat stuff, honestly. I didn't play around with this a lot in previous editions, but uh, it sounds like something I might want to try out in this one for sure. How customizable are the hybrid body transformation and the deadly beast man transformation? Well, the hybrid body gives you the six dots of supernatural merits. The deadly beastman transformation, it basically, you have to have already changed in the hybrid body. But if you change in the hybrid body, you can go straight into deadly beastman as a reflexive, reflexive action uh, right. on the turn you that you activate it. But uh, deadly beastman adds a bunch of stat stats on top. But to go, yeah, here it is. Uh, an Essence 2 charm lets you add four more mutations on your hybrid body transformation. 
per purchase. Per purchase. Yeah. yeah. Per purchase. Correct. So you can keep purchasing that charm to get like crazier and crazier hybrid body transformation, all of which then is enhanced by the Deadly Beastman. Yeah. That's disgusting. Okay. Do you have to buy Lunar Excellencies? No cast or favorite attributes rated at three plus or other attributes rated at four plus with two charms automatically gain excellencies. How are the teaching and city running charms? Well, there are lots of territory charms that enhance an area to have effects, different effects and whatnot that can go into that whole city running thing. And there are lots of charisma charms to influence groups of people. And then there's this amazing charm that we looked at early this morning. We were talking together and we saw this tail spinning mastery that allows you to give dots of abilities and attributes to other characters. Now, if it's a player character, they get an experience point debt that they have to pay off. But if they're like storyteller characters, you just give them like, I think it's uh, three or essence, whichever is higher, dots of a an ability. You could or you could just give them that. And then they're just, you, know, you only do it once per story, but you just, you give them that. And then uh, if you want it to be an attribute, it's sort of like your essence divided by two. It's it's a little bit less. It works out to be a little bit less, but yeah, you can you can teach people through giving them new attributes, new abilities. Can you turn people into animals and beast folk? Yes, and even spirits and raksha can be given mutations from animal forms that you know. Can lunars change how they look, such as switching genders, changing hair length, etc., without acquiring another shape? Yes, there's an essence one appearance one charm that does this. Is there something that describes how to handle the situation if the lunar is wearing someone else's shape and acts strangely? And I know this has been one of the things that has been recently talked about the most in the Lunar's Playtest thread on Onyx Path official forums. And uh, yes, there is something that explains this. And read intentions and profile actions can clue someone in that something is wrong with a with a, a character you know lunar is wearing another person's shape or whatever uh so if you do a read intentions or a profile actions on the lunar wearing that shape you can detect that something is wrong but it's not going to tell that person that you know their friend or loved one or whatever has been replaced by you know some monstrous shapeshifter instead it's just <laughs> going to they're going to assume that maybe something is wrong like they that maybe they're sick or you know they, they that something's happened to them uh like like a situation has come up that's got them kind of stressed out so those are the kinds of things that they're going to assume they're not going to be able to jump immediately to the conclusion that something stole their shape is lunar character generation similar to solars yes it is extremely similar except that you get one additional dot in each attribute category and finally, how scary is the lunar solar bond as represented in charms? So it's really powerful. And a lot of times the way that that bond is played out is that if you were going to make an instill roll against a target, if you share that intimacy with your solar, then they might not be able to prevent it like at all. Like you're mm. just kind of guaranteed to give that person an intimacy that you want. Um, so it, it a lot of times prevents resistance from the charm's effect 
or it will require additional willpower to resist certain effects? Well, those are the questions that we were able to round up. So uh, I hope that that has sated some some thirst there uh, for some of you guys out there in the community. So uh, glad we could we could bring this information, get people excited about lunars, just get people excited about exalted the direction it's going in. Glad to be able to to be a part of that. So and we'll we'll continue talking about some of this lunar stuff more as we go on i'm sure it's it, we're we're doing some play testing now too because we want to help in that so we'll, we will be able to to drip a little bit more as we go forward from here but for for the moment want to shift gears away from that to our story seed of the week and this week it's my turn to do the story seed and I love naming things with just a single worded noun. And so my story seed is just called salt. And here's the way, here's the way it goes. On the southern coast of the Inland Sea, the glittering glass city of Charoscuro dwells under an uneasy truce between the living and the dead. The city of fallen towers is riddled with small but potent shadowlands, each encompassed by thick and vital salt lines that keep the dead contained, and the living citizens of the broken metropolis understand just how important those mystic barriers are. But just as a new sworn kinship has arrived in the city, graciously allowed by Grandmother Bright to set up their quarters in the plaza, someone has been tampering with the precious salt lines, laying down new corridors for the dead to travel, and leading them directly to supposed targets of assassination. Nobles have been slain by hungry ghosts, and members of the Tricon's personal guard have been possessed by the dead. In desperation, the Tricon enlists the aid of the recently arrived Dragonbloods, which are members of a new southern wild hunt, to find out exactly what is happening and bring a stop to it. But as they begin their investigation, they face opposition from a most unexpected source. So, this is the seed. It, I, I had this idea of these salt lines which are everywhere in Chiroscuro which protect these little pocket shadowlands and whatnot from the dead getting out and raiding the rest of the city but what if someone didn't just break a salt line but like laid down new salt highways first so like let's say you got a salt let's say you got salt lines in the middle of like a, a an old city square where no one goes anymore and it's just like a big circle that traps in this this uh, shadowland and somebody comes along in the middle of the night <clears throat> and lays a salt line around like let's say a governor's house and fr- and then like right at the doorway extends like a road of salt on either side all the way to that shadowland and then breaks the salt line so now like the ghosts can the undead can go down that new highway that's created and like break into this dude's house and then even be trapped inside right because the person can come along behind close off salt line erase the rest right hmm. and like you know so like using the ghosts and shadowlands as like an assassination method that's kind of cool know? yeah it would be really cool and just just the whole uh the the, the mystery of it the investigation of it and then, you know, I just kind of threw in this hook at the end. They face opposition from a most unexpected source. Um, you know, maybe Grandmother Bright's in on it. 
Yeah, you know, she's been so benevolent I'm for so long. I'm glad to see right? that Rainbow Bright settled down and had a family. And, uh, you know, I was really pulling for her in the 80s, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's she's up in years now, but, you know. Yeah, so anyway, I just, I love Chiroscuro. I love the salt lines, and I, I just thought, you know, what a neat thing to just set an entire story, at least the start of a story, right? Uh, right there in the city with it, with this new, like, dragon blood. That crew, is so. kind of cool. I like, because, like, uh, like, you watch shows like The Walking Dead, where, like, these, right. you know, these bad people like the governor. Spoiler alert. They use they use, they use the, the zombies, zombies as their weapons. Right. Yeah, they're just right. fodder. Like, you know, yeah. cut a hole in a fence and allow all these undead to just pour in and attack your enemies. You know, and you just sit yeah. back and wait till the the damage is done. I like exactly. that. That's pretty pretty cool storyline. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. I, I really want to lead another uh, dragon blooded game here to kind of take the place of our beloved uh, Unearthed. And uh, so, yeah, at some point I want to do that, and I thought this would be a cool place to start. Well, all right, and we also have a character seed of the week sent in to us by a listener, Caffeine Delusions. <laughs> I've had and those. so we want to we want to read his his write up his his character seed. All right, this week's character seed is the tempered idealist, and this is the seed. Most societies have a common moral code and some form of social hierarchy, but seldom does one perfectly align with the other. You were brought up in a position of good regard in your society's structure, and from that lofty vantage you absorbed two things, a strong sense of your family's legacy and a set of ideals to live by. Whatever the role you were expected to fill, you reached for it out of a sense of duty and because you could see how that role dovetailed with the things you believed. But as you began to pursue that legacy, you discovered others in your society stepping into the same role from a greater standing who did not share your sense of right and wrong. Conflicting with them and standing by your ideals cost you the chance to make your family proud. But it didn't undermine your moral compass. You steeped in the shame of that loss for years, reinforcing your conviction that you had not made a mistake but merely a choice before an occasion again presented itself to choose between following your role or following your ideals. This time, you didn't even pause to think, and your decisive action drew the sun down upon you. Unlike that first test against your social betters, you won this time and though they may drive you out of your home in retribution for making the right choice your sleep is sound you'll find a new role one day that aligns with your beliefs rather than forcing you to choose so that is the character seed and the sample hmm. character for this is Venif Aliyah so if you want to read more um, you can find that on fivepoles.com, including a fully made, ready-to-play character sheet. Thank you so much, Caffeine Delusions, for sending in that character seed. Very cool stuff. Again, very different from the kind of thing that I create or that any of us create. You know, just I, That's what always blows my mind about people when they send in their character designs is I'm so used to seeing our little group's character designs. Right, right. And some of these are so like just from a completely different angle than ours come from, you know, and uh, this one, especially, I just, I really liked it. Thank you. I know caffeine has said that he's going to send some more. I think that's awesome. We've had a couple of people on deepwild.com really get into this. They've written a couple of uh, character seeds on there that I promised I would share in future episodes. And any of you, 
Uh, listeners who want to submit a character seed or a story seed, we would love to take a look at those. Love to have them. Send them to thedeliberativepodcast at gmail.com. Use our previous character seeds on fivepoles.com as sort of a template for how to do that, and we'll love to have them. So that about wraps it up for this week, guys. Where can folks find more of your stuff online? Well, Corey, you can find me on the official Onyx Path forums as Lucky Chucky and also our Deep Wild forums with the same username. Uh, additionally, I run our Facebook page, The Deliberative Podcast, as well as our Twitter account, at Deliberative Pod. And I'm planning on getting back into streaming Android Netrunner, which is a living card game made by Fantasy Flight. And I will be infrequently streaming that on YouTube, and my channel's name is System Outage. You can find me on the official Onyx Path forums as Reform Ninja, or you can reach me directly at my email james.fivepoles at gmail.com. And on the Deep Wild forum, I am known as Jay Wesley. And for all game-related things, including the official Onyx Path forums and the deepwild.com forums, I am Numapilot. And on Twitter, I go by Edenian. And if you have a question or issue that you would like us to discuss on The Deliberative, please send your question to us at thedeliberativepodcast at gmail.com. And if at all possible, send us a recording of yourself asking the question or making the comment, and we'd love to put you on the show. Hey, I would like to thank uh, J.L. Long the Third, who left us a review on iTunes. Guys, if you could leave us a review, we appreciate you. it very much. And tell your friends. Not Don't just leave a review. Tell your friends about us. Uh, all your role-playing buddies, let them know that uh, we're out here talking about Exalted. That's right. It, it not only helps us, but it we want the deliberative to help the game of Exalted have a more prestigious place in the role-playing oh, industry. Yeah. It, it deserves it. It, it deserves to outshine lesser games. And uh, it kind of hides in obscurity at the moment. We want that to be completely reversed. And so it's the reason why we're doing this podcast. And yes, absolutely. Let folks know. Get folks into it. Uh, let them know that, or show them the, the three uh, introductory special episodes that we did Emerald Circle, Sapphire Circle, Adamant Circle. And by the way, guys, I have heard you all loud and clear about the Sapphire Circle and the fact that I picked and <laughs> choose from first, second, third edition, and sometimes my own theories <laughs> about Shiny. how that story plays out. I will be revising that very soon to be essentially a fully third edition canon uh, introduction to the story and whatnot. So uh, hopefully our guest next week can give us some real good insight on how to make that happen. So thanks for listening to the deliberative podcast. Now go forth and bring righteousness to the world as you know, best goodbye, everybody. Bye. -o. See ya. Wait, are you saying Sutterfuge? Yes. <laughs> Let's hear That's how cool. you think you say it. That well, I I say uh, subterfuge.
No. Ah, uh, you roboted. I, I, I say subterfuge. Yeah, that's what I well, said. That's, that's incorrect. Sutterfuge? Yes, the B is silent. No, it's subterfuge. In what language? It's subterfuge. In English? Subterfuge. S- just, you know, because... <laughs> I feel like you were speaking English there, like for Look, for a few minutes, and then all of a sudden, say, this like nonsense word came out. I, I forget the guy's <laughs> name, but one of the guys on Discord validated me when I said Amouge Bouche the other day, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm glad someone <laughs> knows like really obscure culinary terms." Oh, and my, I was like, my wife face. totally knew what you were talking about when you said yeah, that. Yeah, see, <laughs> but no, I, I knew Amouge Bouche, but not Sutterfuge. All right, Sutterfuge. <laughs> I tell you what, if you, you were can't listening, keep saying that. <laughs> if you were listening to this episode, I want you to tweet at us with the tag Sutterfuge or Subterfuge, and tell me if you agree with how I say it or not. And let's see how many listeners agree with well, me. Well, Google says Subterfuge. Well, Google Boom! Google is. We won't get. They it. are okay. They are the, the evil, leader yeah, archetype. Empire. It's. I'm sorry. I have the <laughs> magic talking stick. <laughs> All right. So that's just a popsicle stick. You yeah, I'm a meat popsicle. Okay. So 